Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Unhittable is the nothing personal word of the day. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022, otherwise known as the 26th anniversary of my first ever marathon. Unhittable. Did you stay up? God, Major League Baseball doesn't make it easy. Three hours after a game starts, it's about 11.04, 11.05 p.m. Eastern. If you're living on the East Coast, trying to have your kids, trying to have young people engaged in World Series baseball, Definitely not going to be afternoon games. Don't even think about that. Definitely not going to be two-hour games. Don't even think about that. So you just have to be tired. And if you're trying to promote baseball in your household, because you can't count on MLB to do it, if you're trying to do it in your household, the bottom line is you're going to have to accept the fact that your kids are going to be tired, and that's okay. It's just one week a year. It's not the end of the world. In a very tidy three hours and 25 minutes last night, we witnessed history as Christian Javier, the number four starter for the Houston Astros, was unhittable. Now, he didn't pitch nine innings, so there was something called a combined no-hitter. A combined no-hitter, as you very well know, is when more than one pitcher combines to not allow a hit of the opposing team. Guess what is contained within the word combined no-hitter? Yeah, no-hitter. So for all of the people out there saying, oh, Don Larson had a no-hitter. That was a perfect game in 1956. The only other no-hitter in the history of the World Series. This is the 118th World Series, folks. The only one was Don Larson, who pitched a complete game, perfect game, got hugged by Yogi Berra in a scene that's been replayed thousands of times, millions of times in the course of TV and sports. Move over, Don. You've got Christian Javier, Brian Abreu, Montero, Presley, four guys who are right there with you. I was going crazy on CBS last night because to me, I'm watching history. The old school baseball people are saying, don't be ridiculous. Combine no hitters or not no hitters. It's got to be one person. I don't know where that is defined because within baseball, as a team, as a league, 
combined no-hitters, those are no-hitters. When you're honoring the no-hitters in your franchise history, a combined no-hitter counts. When you are a president of a team where someone's hitting a no-hitter in the World Series, you're doing a lot of stuff during the game. You saw after the game, a picture was sent out by MLB of the four pitchers and the catcher, Christian Vasquez, who was catching instead of Martin Maldonado because the Astros needed offense after getting shut out the day before. And in theory, Christian Javier has a personal catcher on Christian Vasquez, which is not true. By the way, can we just end that speculation? Don't pay attention to the concept of personal catchers. You've heard about it. There's certain players who have, quote unquote, in their mind, personal catchers. And during the regular season, you may try to do that. There have been occasions during the course of baseball recently where it's more than a team trying. There is a pitcher who outwardly says, yeah, this is my personal catcher. I like pitching to this catcher more. As front office, we don't take that into account in the postseason. I don't take it into account during the regular season, by the way, but some do. But in the postseason, it does not matter who Christian Javier's personal catcher was starting game four, which was a close to his must win, not an elimination game. Game four is such an underrated game in a seven-game series that's 2-1 going into it. I will argue persuasively to you that every game matters a lot, but game four is the most important game because the difference between 3-1 and 2-2 is far greater than 2-0 versus 1-1, 3-2 versus 2-3. 3-1 versus 2-2, that's that's big. By the way, 3-0 versus 2-1, that's pretty big. Game game three in a 2-0 series, you're down 3-0, you're going to lose the series. 2-1, you're right back in the series. I get it. But game four, I mean, an Alex Gonzalez walk-off off Jeff Weaver to tie the series at two. Oh, I just had a 2003 flashback. Sorry. So Dusty Baker and James Click, the president of baseball operations for the Houston Astros, when they're putting the lineup together for this game four, and you have been shut out in game three, and you are facing a 3-1 deficit with a potential clinching game five in Philadelphia, having lost two in a row in Philadelphia, having Verlander going against Noah Syndergaard, and potentially Zach Wheeler, you're thinking to yourself, we got to win this. We need offense. Christian Vasquez was acquired by the Boston from the Boston Red Sox at the trade deadline this year. He's a really good catcher, but wasn't playing for Houston because the pitchers prefer throwing to Maldonado, number one. But really, number two, Maldonado's a better catcher. And in the Astros lineup, they did not need offense from the catcher's position. Anything Maldonado would give him, batting 150, getting on base, whatever, 220, whatever is on bases, doesn't matter, because the whole package was just better with Maldonado. But in the World Series, where the offense had been scuffling, Vasquez is not so much worse as a receiver than Maldonado as he is better than hitter than Maldonado. So overall, it's a trade that the Astros were willing to make, and I couldn't agree more. You put him in the seven hole, and you see what happens. He got on base twice, and he caught a perfectly fine game. He had a pretty bad throw to second base on a steal attempt uh, by the Phillies. But at the end of the day, he did great. He caught a no-hitter. He's going down in history. He's in the books. 
Catchers who catch no hitters go in the books. Catching a combined no hitter is just as good as catching a one person no hitter. So after the game, there were pictures of the four pitchers and the catcher. MLB released those. You're running around taking different categories, combinations of photos, one with just Christian Javier, one with Javier and the three starters, one with Vasquez and Javier, one with Vasquez and each of the other pitchers who pitched. You're getting ticket stubs signed. You're getting balls that were used signed. You're taking the bases and you're getting those signed. This is all big time memorabilia that was created. You're taking the jerseys that were used, the Hall of Fame. Do you know the, You know there's a representative from the Hall of Fame who goes to every postseason game? I bet you didn't know that. Did you know that after the game, when things happen, all of a sudden you look in your clubhouse, hey, good to see you, because it's the Hall of Fame repo man. The Hall of Fame repo man is someone who goes in. It doesn't have to be a man. I'm just saying that. That's terrible. I should probably say the Hall of Fame repo person goes into the clubhouse and says, hi, can I have your shoes, please? Can I have that bat that just did that? Hey, I need a game ball. I need the lineup card. Could you get the players to sign the lineup card? And that's how stuff gets to the Hall of Fame, other than donations of memorabilia. The game used stuff is all gotten right there. It's authenticated and then presented to the Hall of Fame. It's recorded as given to the Hall of Fame, like John Smoltz, who is the uh, analyst for Fox doing the games, with Joe Davis, who replaced Joe Buck, who's done a great job this World Series, by the way, if listening to games not on mute is your thing. And you keep score, like five to three. The last play of the game was five to three, ground out from third base. That's the number five position. To first base, that's the number three position. Bregman to Guriel. Smoltz had a scorecard, and that scorecard was presented to the Hall of Fame, not because John Smoltz didn't want to keep a scorecard. Trust me, he'd rather keep a scorecard. But the Hall of Fame... What they their transaction is all based on guilt. They come up to you and say, hey, can I have that for the Hall of Fame? And you say to yourself, how can I deny the Hall of Fame? Because if you respond to the Hall of Fame person and say, hey, I want to keep that for myself, if you don't mind. And then they look at you and then you're shamed into doing it. We had to give so much stuff to the Hall of Fame, not just during the World Series. And it's in the it's actually great now because when you go to Cooperstown, You see your stuff. That was very cool when I was in Cooperstown seeing stuff that we had given. So I guess it's short-term pain for long-term pleasure, knowing how cool it is that you have something in the Hall of Fame or a piece of memorabilia from a game that you were a part of. So the Hall of Fame person is walking around getting stuff. The team is getting stuff. MLB is getting stuff that they're going to auction off for charity. There's a lot of action that starts in about the sixth inning of a no-hitter where you start thinking about what you're getting. You start making the calls. Then the seventh inning and the eighth inning happen, and you're on red alert. You're putting yourself in position. Ah, but don't move. There is a great, what's the word, Coca? Not strategy. Um, it's uh, it's the opposite of a jinx. It's when you don't move wet during a no-hitter because you want the no-hitter to happen. Um, it's a It's what you have in your mind. We're playing like password here. Uh, superstition. Yes, thank you, Coca. So there's a great, ridiculous superstition that when there's a no-hitter, A, you're not supposed to tweet about it or talk about it because then you're jinxing it. It's sort of like saying, hey, look, there's no traffic on the LIE. I don't believe in any of that stuff because during all no-hitters that I saw was a part of or those that got ruined in the eighth or ninth inning, I was moving just the same in every one of them running around like a whirling dervish getting stuff ready 
So if you don't believe in the superstition, then you can imagine all the things that are going on. If you do believe in it, then just try to think that no one's moving, but really people are moving. The broadcasters have to mention the fact that there's a no-hitter, and I know people get upset about that. The reason they have to mention it is their people tuning in may not even know it. So your job is to set the stage, paint the picture of the game. What a rebound for the Houston Astros. How do you go from hitting five home runs in a game, no doubles, no triples, barely any base hits other than home runs? I think they had seven total hits, five of which were home runs for the Phillies in game three, to zero in game four. How do you do that? Is Christian Javier that much better than Lance McCullers Jr.? Was Lance tipping? Here's how you do it. It's called baseball. So for everyone out there saying, this is unbelievable, what a turn of events. No, it's baseball. And over the course of a seven-game series, when you say the Astros in six, that means the Phillies are going to win two. So now what? Now we go to a game five in Philadelphia tonight, and they're going with Thor, the number one starter for the New York Mets of yesteryear going against Justin Verlander, who is the single worst pitcher in the history of the World Series. Is that amazing that the Cy Young Award winner from this year, who has not been announced yet, but believe me, he's the Cy Young Award winner, 39-year-old, host Tommy John, unhittable, is taking the mound tonight as the single worst, least effective pitcher in World Series history. 118 years of World Series. He is the worst. Having started eight games, won zero, lost six, and an ERA over 6.07. It's actually not over 6.07. I didn't think I'd be that specific. I thought I would just say an ERA over six, and then for whatever reason, my brain just said, why don't you just say what the ERA is? 6.07. Are the Phillies in trouble in this roller coaster of a series? Is that what you're saying? Samson, you were right, Astros in six. You keep picking the Astros. I guess that keeps working. As short a memory as the Astros had after losing 7 nothing, that's the same thing the Phillies have after being no hit. The mentality, because it's happened. I've been on both sides. The sun sets. You go to bed. You wake up. Groundhog Day. You get to the park today, and you're in a two-out-of-three series to win a ring. If you asked any member of the Philadelphia Phillies or Houston Astros, and this is important distinction because the Houston Astros were one of the preseason favorites to win a World Series, the Philadelphia Phillies were not. If you ask any one of the 30 teams in spring training, hey, how would you feel about playing a two out of three series without home field advantage? Winner gets a World Series ring. The New York Yankees, the Seattle Mariners, the Miami Marlins, the Houston Astros, and the Philadelphia Phillies all would say yes. So nobody's despondent. No one's hanging their head anywhere. Everything's okay. Game five's coming up tonight. It's going to be dope. Can I say lit? It's going to be lit. Is it weird when someone old says those words? I feel like it's creepy almost. Okay. We watched a no-hitter last night. I doubt Kyrie Irving was watching the game. What was Kyrie Irving doing last night? What do you do after you release one of the most horse hockey statements to ever be released? We've given Kyrie Irving so much oxygen on this show, not quite as much as Daniel Snyder, but quite a bit of oxygen. 
I'm not going to review everything Kyrie's done. I want to talk about what happened yesterday solely. If you need to catch up, listen to previous shows this week, last week. We were waiting. The GM of the team, the New Jersey, the God damn it, four, six, nine. The GM of the Brooklyn Nets told us we're investigating. We're talking to people outside of the game and inside the game. We're going to figure out what we're going to do to Kyrie. Let me just tell you how that meeting goes. Ding dong. Hey, Kyrie, it's Sean. Listen, we got to have a talk here. As you know, I love you, man. I think you're great. So happy to have you on the team. We got to start playing a little better, but we're going to have to do something here because this story that we thought was going to go away and we tried to make it go away. We had a little nothing statement from the owner. The Nets did a little something statement as a team, but you took care of this great Kyrie with your statement of love and the fact that you're an omnist. You've been terrific. But listen, we're going to have to do one little thing. We're just going to do a little fine, but we've got to give it to the right charity. So we've had this meeting with someone in a group called the Anti-Defamation League. You may not have heard of them, but the Anti-Defamation League, that's the same league where Myers Leonard made an appearance after he said a terrible racial slur about Jews, and he got a major punishment. He was fined $50,000 and suspended for a week. Now, what you did promoting one of the most vile, malicious, evil films ever made spreading crap with a side of ass, we're not going to suspend you. The NBA has been quiet because you're Kyrie Irving and they don't want to get involved in a whole racial thing. I mean you know that you're black and Myers was white. We, you know, so we're not, we're not, the NBA, they're just staying very far away. But we're going to have to do something. So what we're going to do is a charitable donation. You know how many taxes you play, you pay because you play in New York, right? You pay state tax. And you know that if you give to charity, you get to deduct it. So we're going to have you make a charitable contribution to that same Anti-Defamation League, okay? So let's do half a million dollars. We're gonna match it because we want the world to know that we are standing together, Kyrie. Our organization stands with you in the best interests of this team, showing our support of you so you can love us because we really want you to love us, Kyrie. We think that you are bringing us to the promised land. Can you imagine this level of horse hockey, folks? So we're going to do 500 grand, Kyrie. You're going to do 500 grand. And here's the best part. We're going to do a statement and you're going to get to say exactly what you should have said right after you got caught saying and doing what you really think. But shh, we're not going to tell anyone that. Instead, <laughs> instead, we're going to pretend that you're sorry. Instead, we're going to pretend that you love everyone equally. Okay, here's what it's gonna be. We've worked on it with everybody. Tell me if you're okay with this statement. I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression and stand strong with communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. No, no, Kyrie, we're being serious. That's gonna be the first sentence of your statement. How amazing is that, that people are gonna think that's what you think. Stay with me. It gets way better. I am aware of the negative impact of my post towards, it's toward, the Jewish community, and I take responsibility. I know. We had to put that in. 
just you're fine. No one's going to care. They're actually going to think the opposite, that you've had a total change of heart. And this tone, I know it sounds a little lawyerly because we had to have lawyers do it. And we had to work with a bunch of different organizations. However, it's good because it shows that you're taking responsibility, even though you didn't think you were promoting it. I know we're not going to talk about that. Okay, we're, we're, there's more, Kyrie. It's, it's, it's good. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals and principles. Sean, this is Kyrie. We can't put that in. I mean, well, I, I don't, I mean, I do believe that. Of course I believe it. That's why I promoted it. I mean, who doesn't believe that? Everybody believes that. Um, Kyrie, do us one small favor. And can you zip it? We're trying here. We are trying to make you look good. It's like putting makeup on a turd, but we're really trying. That's the end then, right, Sean? No, 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 we got a little bit more. Okay, tell me what's next. I am a human being learning from all walks of life, and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. <laughs> no, Kyrie, don't laugh. We're, we're putting that in because that's how it should be. Wouldn't it be amazing if all people were like this? So this is really aspirational in tone. If you get where I'm going here, Kyrie, we're not actually believing that you're this way, but I think it's good for people to think it. All right, Sean, is that it? No, no, there's a little more. Okay. So for my family and I, um, Sean, shouldn't that be for my family and me? Okay, whatever. We meant no harm to any one group, race, or religion of people and wish to only be a beacon of truth and light. My name's David Sampson, and I'm going to let that sit with you for a moment, if you don't mind, because Kyrie Irving is a beacon of truth and light. Hmm. If you wish to be a beacon of truth and light and you mean no harm to any group, then, if then, you like the conditional phrasing of this sentence? If that is true, then why would you post what you post? Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to bother people with that sort of thought process. Let's just look at the positive here. Let's look at how amazing it is that Kyrie have this come to Jesus moment. The ADL is an organization that basically is in business. The business of the ADL is to raise money. There are many Jewish people with whom I spoke after this came out yesterday who are wondering why the ADL would be even getting involved. Why would the ADL be a part of a statement like this? The ADL just got a million dollars. That's the job of the ADL is to raise money and try to spread information and stop hatred. ADL had a statement that said, at a time when anti-Semitism has reached historic levels, we know the best way to fight the oldest hatred is to both confront it head on and to change hearts and minds. That's code for, hey, we need money to do those things. None of these organizations want to stop racism for free, right? They're organizations, they've got overhead. It always takes money to effectuate change. I always smile at that because I'm as guilty as anyone else of giving money to organizations. 
being charitable? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I also know that the charities to whom I give, I can look on Charity Navigator and look for the five stars and look for who spends the money efficiently and be on a bunch of boards and try to be helpful in that way. But I also know they're in the fundraising business. That's the business of many of these charities. It's like looking at a politician and saying, hey, you're in the reelection campaign finance business. If you have an opportunity when you see people do things, when you see Myers Leonard use a bad word, when you see Kyrie Irving, when you see anybody do anything and it's in your sweet spot of what your organization does, there are people who work for the organization. That's what they do. They're combing the internet looking for opportunities to pounce. And I'm not being critical of the ADL. That's what every organization does. Believe me, when there's Asian hate that permeates our society in a disgusting manner, the ADL doesn't get the money. So I don't blame anyone here. Except the league. You know what? I blame Adam Silver. Where Where are you? Coca, where's the quote from Adam Silver? Can you can we can you put that in my ear if you don't mind? Not the Myers Leonard one. The Myers Leonard quote was, yeah, m- no, we have that one ready. <clears throat> Meyer Myers Leonard's comment was inexcusable and hurtful, and such an offensive term has no place in the NBA or in our society. That was Adam Silver about Myers Leonard using the slur during a video game Twitch. W- where are they now? I can't. I can't hear you. You're being quiet. And you're not putting it in the document. Oh, because they haven't said anything yet? Adam, really? You must have. We just can't find it. There's something wrong with Google. Did Elon Musk buy Google that I wasn't aware of? Because maybe it got taken off the Google. Hmm. All right. That's enough for you, Kyrie. It's enough oxygen. When we come back, we're going to talk about Harry Styles. And then, yes, wait for it. Danny Boy is in the news. Yes! We'll be right back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Is everyone awake? Do you stay up and watch the no-hitter, the combined no-hitter? Are you up now listening to nothing personal? Well, we're up. We're doing it. Coca doesn't need a lot of sleep. Nor do I. Watched a movie yesterday because even during the playoffs, I watch a movie every day. The minute I heard that Olivia Wilde was directing a movie, I knew I was going to see it. 
her directorial debut. I've loved Olivia Wilde since the beginning of watching Olivia Wilde. That made I saw her love the Coopers. Outstanding. She directed a movie called Book Smart. If you haven't seen it, go see it right now. Not I mean in in twenty minutes, but in twenty minutes, go watch Book Smart. Olivia Wilde is the director du jour, rising female director. Everything's great with Olivia Wilde. She gets a script that is a very sought-after script called Don't Worry, Darling. She gets attached to the project as a director. She starts casting it. She gets Florence Pugh, who is really the actress, the, the next generation of Kate Blanchett, I would say, of Meryl Streep. I mean, this this woman, Florence Pugh, has a chance to be an all-time, an all-time. You may have seen her in Little Women, but anyway. Then you cast, is it Shia LaBeouf, Shia? Just the guy who we've seen in a lot of great movies, actually, but he's had some issues off the court. In any case, you cast him, and you have a script directed by Olivia Wilde. It is a script that is a lot like The Stepford Wives in that it's about this crazy person played by Chris Pine who creates a society where it's sort of half Truman Show, half Stepford Wives. It's a little bizarre. But then you start filming and then all of a sudden the buff is gone. Does he get fired? Does he quit? We don't know. What we do know is that Harry Styles, the One Direction guy, Harry Styles, becomes the star of the movie. And then the next thing we know Olivia Wilde is being served custody divorce papers by Jason Sudeikis in the middle of Comic-Con while she's on stage promoting this movie. The next thing we know, there's a nanny saying that Olivia Wilde left Jason Sudeikis crying because she was leaving him and their two children, although you don't leave your children when you get divorced, you just leave the person you were with, for Harry Styles. I guess she's considered an older woman because she's five or 10 years older, but she's not old, he's not old. A purely consensual relationship starts. And all of a sudden, this great movie with this great script, with this great director, is the subject of nothing but gossip. So I watched the movie because I'm gonna watch the movie anyway. And I'm angry. Because why should a movie like this be overshadowed by something that happens off the court, off the screen. Do you really care if Olivia Wilde had an affair on Jason Sudeikis with Harry Styles and onset romance? Oh my gosh, onset romances happen? You mean when actors get together, sometimes there's extracurricular stuff that goes on during filming? I mean, sometimes you get Mr. and Mrs. Smith and they live happily ever after. I mean, look at Brad and, and Angeline Jolie. I mean, they've lived happily ever after. I mean, that's an amazing onset relationship. Don't worry, darling. Please see it having nothing to do with the nightmare gossip that surrounds it. See it because it's well acted. Harry Styles can act. It's a scary concept of a movie when you are trapped into a life that you don't know about, that you don't want. Olivia Wilde acts in the movie as well. I enjoyed every minute of it. And I didn't think about Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles doing their, what they do. Don't worry, darling. I wonder if that's what Harry says to her, like with all the media. Don't worry, darling. It's going to be okay. Just stay with me. I mean, for another few years until I'm ready to have someone else. 
All right, we're up to that point. We have time. Oh, do we have time? One of you is getting credit for this topic. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. David, today is the day. Now, this came yesterday, so I should have changed it to yesterday is the day, but I'm telling you how it came to me. At David P. Samson on Twitter, if you're still on Twitter, or David P. Samson on Instagram, or nothing personal with David Samson on YouTube. Have we gone to break yet, Coca? I think we did. I can't even remember. <laughs> That's funny. I, I feel like we didn't do our pitch to get people to subscribe to the YouTube pitch. Don't forget, we're close to 10,000, and then we're going to get to 20, and then 100, and then a million, but you got to get to 10 first. Slow burn. David, today's the day. Danny Boy is selling. Are you surprised? How long will this take? Thank you for asking that question. Now, when you're asking me questions on Twitter or wherever you're asking me, and you know that there's news about the Washington Commanders and Danny Snyder, do you think for a minute that I'm not going to talk about it, that I need to get a question because I'm not aware of the topic? Or do you want your question specifically to be read in the show and you're DMing me thinking that, hey, he'll choose my question? Or is it just, what? What else is, what is this going to be? So I did a reverse split here and put this so you want to talk Samson in the show because Coke and I want to give you some love. So thanks for the question. What are we talking about? A random Wednesday. We're just sitting minding our own business getting ready for a World Series game. Everything's fine. No idea what the day can bring. For all of you who wonder how we can do nothing personal every day, we end up cutting half the show every day. There's so much news, sports, business, culture, politics, Supreme Court issues that I haven't even been able to get to for three days that I want to. Because you're just sitting around. And then all of a sudden, there it is. Matthew Coca's name is on my phone. What's up, Coca? He's like, wait till you see this. Dan and Tanya Snyder and the Washington Commanders announced today that they have hired B of A Securities to consider potential transactions. <laughs> That's it. We found our lead until there was a combined no-hitter in the World Series. And until Kyrie Irving released the most ridiculous quote of all time. Daniel Snyder is selling the Washington Commanders. Enjoy that. Take a minute. You have time. Take a minute that we have succeeded. It's hard. It's hard to get someone to sell. Now, we're getting cocky because we got Sarver to sell. There's people selling teams more than ever. You, you're thinking the learners are finally selling. Angelos is finally selling. All these years of putrid ownership in your mind because everyone hates every owner. But Danny Boy is in a category by himself. Why? Why now? Daniel Snyder has tripled down on owning the team, saying he's never selling, doesn't want to sell. If you make me sell, I'm going to give you so much dirt, you're not going to believe it. Do you have any idea the number of owners I have with goats? Any idea? That was a whole show we did a week ago or two weeks ago. Guess what? Here's how you get Daniel Snyder to sell your team, his team. 
You get Jim Irsay out in the public saying, I think he should sell, and my guess is we have the votes. Then you canvass the other 31 owners, and you discover you've got 24 people who want Daniel Snyder to sell because they've had enough. Then you make sure that word leaks out that there's an investigation, a criminal investigation into the finances of the commanders and that whole story from a month ago that he was stealing money from the owners when I said to you, all the other stuff he does, all the misogyny, all of the calendars of cheerleaders who are naked, all of that stuff, the whole workplace culture, all the emails, all of it, forget it. Owners are fine because they're doing very similar things. Yes, they are. But stealing, don't you take money out of my pocket. Oh, we've been audited. We're not screwing around with revenue, they said. Hmm. Now there's a criminal investigation. And now Daniel Snyder's agreeing to sell. Hmm. I wonder if that means there's 24 owners who called up Dan Snyder or just Roger Goodell who called up Dan Snyder and said, listen, just between us, we'll do it. Because all the pictures you have of us and all the times you had us followed and all the things that you do, we'll stand up and say it. Yeah, Robert Kraft's going to stand up and say, yeah, I go to strip malls. Yes, I do. Jerry Jones is happy to stand up and say, yeah, I father kids. Sure. Jim is ready to stand up and say, yeah, I party. So now what are you going to do? This is no small deal. This is a victory. A victory for owners. This was not a personal vendetta against Daniel Snyder. When you go after an owner and you're on the right side of the issue, you forget that one day you could be on the wrong side. One of the things I've always made clear in the halls of justice in baseball over the years is let's be very careful how we act because it's only a matter of when, not if, those actions will be thrust upon you and me and us. Then there's something called rationalization. That's the next stage where the owners say, yeah, but I don't do that. I would never be someone who steals from my fellow owners. I would never be someone who hires people to follow you guys. I would never be someone who embarrasses the league time and time again. I would never be someone who has to be suspended and then still runs the team when he's not supposed to run the team. I would never be that. And I would say, never say never. But it turns out Daniel Snyder went too far. Now, there's been some walk back after this announcement by the commanders because they let this announcement stand as is. The walk back is, hey, we're just investigating a transaction. We're exploring a transaction. Let me tell you something. They're not exploring a transaction. They're selling the team. Just like the learners are not exploring a transaction for the Washington Nationals, they're selling the Nationals. Just like the Orioles are not exploring a transaction for the Orioles or exploring their options, they're selling the Orioles. You do not hire a bank. This is not a restructure. Hey, could you help us with our finances, please? We'd like to borrow money, but we need help. We got a lot of problems. No, you're hiring an investment bank, a transactional firm to do a transaction. 
not to explore one. The Washington Commanders are for sale. The Washington Commanders will be sold. Hard stop. What about this investigation? Does that hurt the price of the team? Nope. What about the misstating of revenue if that exists? Is that an issue? Nope. It's all in the books. All the statements are audited. There's going to be due diligence that takes place. And here's the best part about the due diligence. It doesn't mean squat box. No team that is being purchased in the NFL is in any way being purchased based on its financials. Teams are sold based on there being 32 of them and everyone wants to own an NFL team because the thought is you're going to invest billions, you're going to make billions, and in the meantime, you're making money on every year basis operationally because teams in the NFL make money because all revenue is shared. And then on top of that, you get to be really cool because you own an NFL team. There are going to be so many buyers for the Washington Commanders. And the only owner who will win and become an owner will have to be the next Rob Walton. The downside of having your teams worth billions is they're only eligible to be purchased by billionaires. You want to know why there's no diversity in ownership? Just look at the billionaire list. Rumors are already out that Jeff Bezos is going to buy a team. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you remember, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you certainly should remember. On April 1st, um, excuse me, not April 1st, on February 23rd of 2021, that's over a year ago, I told you that Jeff Bezos was going to buy a football team and I thought he was going to buy the Commanders before 2022. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. When I get it wrong, I get it wrong. And I tell you I got it wrong. When I get it right, I get it right. And I tell you I got it right. It's called accountability. I know you don't get that from any other shows, but you do get it from me. It's time to put that wait to see back. A new wait to see, and it's official, is that Bezos is going to buy the Commanders. And that transaction will happen not before the end of 2022, but it will happen before 2000, the end of 2023. It takes a minute to get these done. It'll be after the it'll be after the new year. It makes perfect sense for Bezos to do it. He will separate himself from Amazon Prime, which he's pretty much separate anyway, but he's not really. But that is sort of how they position Bezos. He's not making day-to-day decisions for Amazon and the fact that they're a rights holder. It doesn't mean Amazon has to give up their rights package. None of that. It doesn't mean the commanders are going to be on Amazon every Thursday night. Don't worry about that. There's no conflict of interest as far as the NFL is concerned. Why? Because they're going to have a football team that sells for more than $4.65 billion, which is what the Broncos sold for. And that's all the owners care about. Keep the assets increasing in value. And every time a team is for sale, keep setting new records. There will be a new record for the commanders. As a matter of fact, I'll even guarantee it by making it a bonus wait to see that the price for the commanders will be greater than $4.65 billion. For no particular reason. They still have to get a new stadium. It'll still be greater. 
There's going to be a lot of people raising their hands, say, I want to buy the Commanders. Anybody who owns them after Danny Snyder, can you imagine? We're going to sell it every game. We're going to win every year. We're going to make it way better on the field, way better off the field. We're going to get a new ballpark because everyone's going to want to work with us. Why? Because we're not Daniel Snyder. Just ask Bruce Sherman and Derek Jeter how great it is to not be David Sampson. Oh, it didn't work. Hmm. We're going to have more on Daniel Snyder because this process is going to be an interesting one because the criminal investigation is going to still happen. When you're a U.S. attorney and you open a criminal investigation, that's sort of a big deal. You don't just open it and then close it. You actually open it and investigate it, and you open it based on information you've been given and evidence you've been given. Don't you remember that House Oversight Committee that was investigating the commanders and they sent a letter and saying, hey, would you consider criminal charges? Because that's not us. We're just an oversight committee. But man, this seems like criminal activity. Well, just know that U.S. attorneys don't just take those letters and say, oh, this is good. This is good publicity. We're going to do it. They start these investigations if they think there's something there. If they think there is some criminal activity and some criminal intent. Of course, the commanders are on their heels. Danny Snyder's not going to comment, but the commanders had to respond by saying, <laughs> we are confident that after these agencies have had a chance to review the documents, which they have already, and complete their work, which they have, but they're not saying they have, they will come to the same conclusion as the team's internal review that these allegations are simply untrue. I love that. The team's internal review, what, by Daniel Snyder? No, I didn't do that. It's laughable. The whole thing. Sad. See you later, Danny boy. It's been a slice of heaven. Nothing personal pick of the day. We had the Astros, did you? We're 125 and 104. It's almost like it's a technical bottom is 20 games over 500 now with these picks of the day. I hope that's the case. We got a game five tonight and what a day in Philadelphia. If you like sports and you live in Philadelphia, what are you going to do? Are you going to do split screen? You got the Philadelphia Eagles playing a regular season game. You have game five of the World Series of a tied 2-2 series and your Phillies are in it. How about a triple bonus wait to see that makes me crazy, Coco? Will you write this down? More people are going to watch the Eagles game than the Phillies game. That's just a fact. It's a regular season game. How would you not watch the World Series? The question is, in Philadelphia, what will people be watching? I'm going to say even in Philadelphia, more people will watch the Eagles than the Phillies, and that's outrageous. No, that can't be true. I'm not making that a wait to see. It can't be. If that happens, I don't think MLB will even announce it. I think it's going to get swept under the rug. I think he'll call up Roger Goodell and say, listen, can we please not reveal whether or not more people watch the Eagles than the Phillies if it turns out to be true? But if more people watch the Phillies than the Eagles, we're definitely going to announce that. Let's watch for that in the coming days. Not going to make it an official wait to see. It's too funny. But I'm giving you two picks. Eagles are only 13 and a half over the Texans. In my calculation, it should have been 23 and a half. Texans stink. And the Eagles are for real, if you haven't watched them yet. Eagles, 13 and a half. Unfortunately, you're not going to get a sweep in Philly tonight. Astros are going to win game five. Justin Verlander is going to get his first win. The worst pitcher in the history of the World Series will get his first win and get off the schneid. Exercise those World Series demons. Have fun, Philly. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, it's just business. This is nothing personal.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.